Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne. And it's always my mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference with their businesses and to dig deep with uh, things that will help them through the messy worlds of startup growth or relaunch. And today we're going to get some great information from our special guest to give you some good concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our special guest today is Sandra Hunter. And Sandra has written three fiction books. She's had a college teaching career and she's just launched her first business called Wild Women Leading Leaders of Color. My apologies. Wild Women Leaders of Color. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here. It's good to have you on the show. So I'm going to get started. First of all, where are you today? Where are you hanging out? I'm beaming in from Portland, Oregon, Ah. where it's been incredibly hot. Well, hot for us anyway, not for hot for all those poor people suffering in Arizona and Texas, but hot for us. So it's been well into the 90s. Yeah, it's been hot. I'm in Northern California, so it's been a little hot for us too. But Portland's a pretty city. It's lovely, yes. So who is your ideal client for your new business? My ideal client is uh, a professional woman who, probably an executive, who has had a lot of experience in her field. And uh, we welcome both women of color and women who are not of color. And it's basically... Those women who have faced a lot of racism in the workplace, whether it's marginalization or isolation or, you know, just being denied opportunities, gaslighting. And now those that that generation of women is looking to the next generation coming up and seeing that the same old issues, gender bias and racism is still in the workplace. What's going to happen to the next generation and the generation after that? So my business comes in to look for those women to see if they're interested in mentoring the next generation. Oh, that's interesting. So what what is the problem that you solve for your clients? So they are anxious they are tense, they carry a lot of anxiety around in their bodies. So the first step is to release that somatically. And then we center them in their story. And this might sound a little trivial, but being centered in who you are is incredibly important because you get messages externally telling telling you who you are. And this is not just in your work environment, but social media, from marketing. So all of those things can impact you if you don't have a solid sense of who you are. So with somatic stress release and being centered in story, women are just much more happy about being released from stress and from uh, generational trauma and knowing who they are and then become much more ready to step into mentorship with young women. Excellent. So, well, the the, uh, answer you just gave me may apply here to my my next question, which is, what are the uh, symptoms that your ideal client has? What's causing them to reach out to you for help? A sense of not knowing what to do next, of feeling stuck, of feeling overwhelmed. Usually uh, women come up, come in with just no sense of who they are or little sense of who they are, frustrated, resentful, uh, unable to set boundaries for themselves. So a lot of the first couple of months when we work together is about resetting that resetting actual physical pain from stress, 
teaching them to understand how to de-stress the vagus nerve, to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system so that they can be calmer and make more objective decisions. Excellent. Sounds almost like you're a therapist. <laughs> no, <definitely laughs> so uh, what are the most common mistakes that your clients are making that uh, uh, causes them to that you discover rather when when you start working with them? When, once you get in and roll up your sleeves and get to work, what do you find out are the common mistakes they're making? There's a combination here. Um, lack of self-worth, lack of self-belief. And then also believing that they ought to be able to fix this by themselves. And this is why women are such a tremendous uh, community. They understand the issues that uh, are being overwhelmed in these ways and they know how to support each other. Women are great at supporting each other and cheering each other on. And in the programs I run, uh, I run several group programs where that is part of refurbishing, reclaiming voice, reinstalling this sense of self-worth so that women, it's not that we're doing the work for them. Women do it all themselves when they have the confidence and when they're, they're grounded and rooted in their sense of selves, they can actually make those steps, but they, it's just having a cheerleader, it's having a mentor, right? So they are receiving what they will pass on. It's this lovely cyclical event. Yeah, I understand that. I hear, I hear that a lot, men and women, that they're just trying to go it alone, and it's that makes things a whole lot tougher. So, yeah, there's We're, a there's a lovely quote. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Brian, but there's a lovely quote. I just watched the Anne Lamott interview, um, <clears throat> which I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the book. Something like this, we believe. Um, it's a Sikh uh, writer, but he was talking about how ego is the thorn in the foot, and hmm. so. You know, you kind of, if you have a thought, if you're hiking you, and you just can't be bothered to take your boots off, you sort of adapt your walk. And so you kind of look a little lopsided and then the thorn, you know, starts getting worse and worse and worse. And you're looking as though you're about to fall over until you remove that thorn, until you remove the ego, there is nothing you can do to move forward. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I get that. It's not a thorn in my foot. It's usually my sweat socks that are bundled up in my running <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Same thing, though. Yes, exactly. So we're doing good here. We got about five minutes. So if someone is considering reaching out to you, what's one action that they could take right now that would help them out? It won't solve all their problems, but maybe give them a good start. You can grab me at uh, my website, uh, wildwomenleadersofcolor.com. Or you can grab me on my Facebook page. Uh, it's the, again, Wild Women Leaders of Color at uh, Facebook. And uh, there's a contact um, blob there. If you just reach out and say, hey, tell me more about it, then that will come to me and I can reach out to you and get you on my calendar. Okay, great. So Facebook and your website are the two mm -hmm. main places that people can find you, right? Correct. Good. All right. So... Since all entrepreneurs have challenges, uh, even those that are six, seven, and eight-figure earners, what's your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for me was believing that I could do this. Um, it was it was a difficult decision for me um, because it came as a part of a series of decisions. I left my marriage of twenty-four years. I moved to a different city, and I launched a business all at the same time. So, basically. 
bringing all of that stress with me into a situation, as all entrepreneurs know, of high stress. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming at you. You have to learn how the back end works. You have to learn how the emails work. You need to get signed up with a Weber or MailChimp or whatever it is you're going to have as your support um, stuff for you to send out information to your clients. You have to learn how to use Canva because you've got to make you know, banners for all this, uh, for your advertising. So it can be really stressful. And I think coming with stress will impact your ability to believe in yourself. So one yes. of the things that you need, most importantly, is a coach. Very good. Did you find yourself a coach? I did. I found myself a coach and a yoga teacher, and that has made huge differences to me. I also hired a part-time virtual assistant, which has been magnificent because it's released all of that stress for me around anything tech, which I'm rubbish at, and have somebody doing that has just really helped <laughs> in stress. Well, excellent. So you got you got some help early and that's that's a great thing to do. Yes. So I got one last question here before we finish up. We got about a minute and a half. Um, what's one question I should have asked but didn't? Wow. Um, <clears throat> what can women expect to get out of the programs? OK, Sandra, what can women expect to get out of your programs? they can expect to connect with and bond with a group of like-minded women who will support them both during and after the program whether they become uh, the so the mentorship program is called the stealth auntie network and you get enormous amount of support from that and you get to feel as a graduate of the program you get to feel as though you are changing the world women are going to change the world so it's something that will change your perspective in the morning. It will give you something to wake up to, knowing that you are making a difference by mentoring a young person. Great. That's a that's a great answer. I can't think of a better place to end. So, folks, that's a wrap of another great guest episode of the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs. And just before you go, if you liked it, please be kind enough to give us a five-star review and maybe refer it to a couple of friends. If you want to keep up with future episodes, you can go to evolvepreneursecrets.show. And if you're an entrepreneur, let's put your next great idea out there today.